Hey there, and welcome to the Good Kind Podcast. At Good Kind, we are all about helping people cultivate the good kind of habits and holiday practices that allow them to engage with God and one another throughout the year. To learn more about us and the products we make, go to www.goodkind.shop and follow us on social media. We hope you enjoy today's episode of the Good Kind Podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Good Kind Podcast. Uh, I am Clayton Green, and I am here today with two of my great friends, best friends, forever, friendish. I don't know. It, it, they're they're good friends, Chris Popolardo and Brian Turney. Say, hey, Chris. What's happening? And Brian. What, how are you doing? What's, what's the weather like in Denver today? Um. I think it's going to be up to 98 uh, today, so still still cranking out here. Still, Dude, you still will, feeling like summer. You will best us today, so good good luck with that. We Our girls, it's September 1st when we're recording this, um, and our girls walked outside today, headed out to school, and it was, it was like cold enough that Susan was like, I need a jacket. And I was <laughs> like, I no, it. you enjoy that briskness. That's you right. need no jacket for you. <laughs> I wrote it down. I went. For a run this morning got back and I was, I was stretching and i could see my breath and i was like i'm writing wow. this down it's my oh first my you could see your breath of the sea it's gonna get back in the 90s next week but now sure. i'm like yes <laughs> fall like oh it's just beautiful that's great uh, it is well um so excited to talk to you guys today about kind of a new topic but really just a continuation of what we've been doing with good kind over the past couple of years and it's we're trying to have a conversation about what we need to do in order to make spiritual practices stick, right? right. So I want to pray more. What do I do? Uh, I want to read my Bible more. What do I do, right? And there's this combination of things that we have thought about, but we're trying to actually dig into a little bit more. And it's this combination of a lot of research and good, and I think very interesting writing on creating habits. And then also a lot of really good and helpful and necessary instruction on how to do spiritual practices, how to do a Sabbath, mm-hmm. how to how to pray, how to read your Bible. How much should I read my Bible? Like there's lots of thoughts there and there's lots of thoughts on creating habits. We actually think that pulling those things and putting them together, hopefully, will make us more consistent with spiritual practice, which we think in the long run is actually going to be really powerful, right? I mean, Chris, like we've talked about this before, consistency in spiritual practice, even if very small, maybe actually can be better in the long run. What what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think we all intuitively know this, right? That if I were just to think of, I, I was thinking in terms of analogies, if you want to get in better physical health, what a lot of us do is set a big big goal and we'll go hard for a very short period of time. I'm talking right. like less than a week. Right. And, and because you start by getting down there and you run two miles and you do run two miles. And then the next day you're so sore that you're done and then you yep. don't run again for a month. So it was like, wouldn't it be better for you to like literally walk a quarter mile and do that? Yes. You know, three times in a week and then you've done it. And then you feel like you could build on it. Maybe you'll get to the two miles, but you got to start with something so small. And so it's the same with spiritual stuff. Like I can, I'll get out there and, Maybe I'll pray for a half hour. I'll just gut it out because I heard a sermon and I was convicted and it wears me out and I'm tired and it didn't seem like it worked. And, and I felt like, you know, right. like, what's something about it? The next day I'm like, well, I'm done with that. And is, is that what we want? Or wouldn't it be nice to have like a daily prayer time, even if it is very, very short. So it's, yeah, starting small gives you 
momentum to keep something going. And I think we all know we want to be doing this as a rhythm, not a this random thing in fits and spurts. Right. It's like the, we need the couch to 5K for prayer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't want to call you out, but I do want to, I, I am curious about that point of kind of spiritual disciplines as exercise, because I think that might be where some of us get into trouble a little bit, hmm. where if we're, if we're working towards a goal individually, um, trying to be more spiritually healthy, I, and maybe this is more of just a question, not, not a challenge directly, but it's like the the what we're after is presence with god and relationship mm-hmm. with with him right. right and so it is different but it is easy for us to put disciplines and spiritual practices into that category where it's like oh i need to you know run 20 minutes a day and then i need to read you know my bible for 15 yep. or whatever and i'm i guess a, it's yeah, I don't even know where I'm going with it, but it's like, I do wonder if there's an element where we've kind of categorized it in there, but it doesn't really belong there. And maybe in some regards it does because we want to build habits, but also there's something a lot more to it than just me doing my stuff every day. Yeah, I think the way I, I tend to go to like physical fitness stuff often because I just know how common it is. I have the same. Well, and it's of, biblical too. There's plenty of like references. I have the similar feeling of failure with physical goals and spiritual goals. And I think a lot of us will resonate with that. Which yeah. is like, I, something's got to be different. I'm going to do it. And then you start out strong and it, and it's a hard crash. And, and I think we all sense that's not, that's not where we want to be with this. There's got to be a, a different, different trajectory a different rhythm to this so maybe it's not a spiritual couch to 5k but i think we can all agree if we're starting out with a big sprint and tomorrow i'm going to spend an hour on something physical spiritual whatever we know where that's going to where that's going to end up and that's that's the frustration a lot of us live in that i think we were are trying to avoid um there's got to be another way yeah no that's um i really appreciate that perspective brian that there's something interesting about spiritual practice that is different than exercise um there's something that's the same there where it's like when you're training for something there's you always want to be getting better Mm -hmm. and it's the getting the getting better and the the physical health is like a future thing that is going to happen and that is true for spiritual practice. You, you can, your prayer life can change and mature. Um, you can, it can be good for you and it is good in the long run, but there is something about spiritual practice that is also good right now. It is yeah. the, it's the present with God that also is a good, it's like you, you get both. Um, whereas it feels like sometimes if you're running sprints or riding your bike or something, you are just playing the long game. There's not something in that moment necessarily as as powerful and meaningful. I, I like that. So, yeah, I think it's like, uh, I mean, it reminds me of the means and the ends conversations that we've had totally. over the years, yeah. Clayton. And I think, um, yeah. it's so easy for the means to become the end where it's like, mm-hmm. as long as I'm doing my quiet time, as long as I'm doing this thing, then I'm good. Right. And we miss the purpose behind, you know, it's like yeah. the, per- the goal is communion with God and like, greater conformation of 
uh, who I am into Jesus. And so, I don't know. Uh, the When we think about it, it's it's easy for it to devolve into, okay, I just need to check this box or whatever, and mm-hmm. it, we lose lose the point pretty easily, I think. Yeah. I wonder I, then, Clayton, if, if the a better analogy is not like physical fitness as much as that is an easy one, but is a, a matter of like, well, how do you cultivate relationships, like a marriage? And there are a number of practices that make for a healthy marriage, right? A date night, and spending time communicating in, in these ways. Like you could list them all out. And if you go through the chart and you do them all, you could still be missing the heart of the relationship. But you know, you know that any good marriage is going to have a number of of rhythms, right, right, and right, habits right. that kind of feed it. So yeah, feed it. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that because I I think too that uh, I know that gets into variability too, where it's like yeah, if you yeah. are only relating to your spouse through date nights. And that's right. it. That's that's, it. <laughs> that's not going to be sustainable. You know, it's like right, different right. seasons require different things. And so yes. having this variety of ways that we engage with God and the spirit is feels really important. And like being flexible and adaptable and all that, you know, it's it's just really good. And I'm not really missing that. the point. The point is that person. In yeah. Front of yeah. That's always the, the point. Yeah. The, and, and you get the relate the relation the date night is the relationship and then the date night also improves the relationship right, right? so you're, right. you're kind of you're getting the long-term benefit of that but it, but you don't do it just for the long-term benefit you do it because you get to be with the person that's that's really good I Brian I like 100%. the word that you used you said engage with that person I love being engaged versus being disengaged um and I, I also think that there there's this question about like if you're trying to engage with God and we're talking about the relational nature, nature of spiritual practice, um, there's a difference between starting something or not, just not starting something at all. We don't want to not be starting something. We want to be try, trying things. Yeah. And so um, it, it makes me think of um, when you're trying to start something new, it makes me think of trying to pick a restaurant with five different people. And you know, like you have five friends and you're like, all right, let's go out to eat. It's like, what, mm-hmm. what do you want? What do you want to eat? And inevitably it goes like something like this. Um, um, oh, it doesn't matter. I don't, it doesn't matter to me. I don't care either. <laughs> I don't care either. And then somebody's like, oh, the yeah, absolute worst. Oh, it's horrible. And then somebody's like, well, what about this place? And then one of the people who previously has already said, oh, it doesn't matter to me, says, ah, I had that last night. And I'm like, well, <laughs> you have already removed yourself from the decision making. <laughs> of this situation you have you have uh what's the what's the word you have abdicated 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 yourself from the discussion but now you're all of a sudden you're back in it's the worst right that actually is what is happening in your head when you're trying to start okay, something yeah. new whether it be a habit or a practice or whatever that's what happens in your head and there's actually tons tons um a lot of people call it decision fatigue mm-hmm. so you're making decisions all the time and when you have to make a new decision that's really, really hard. In the book Switch, the the Heath brothers call it decision paralysis, which okay. I like even better because it means just like uh, I'm not doing anything. Because when you have five people, you're you're going to end up at a restaurant somewhere. But if you're trying to start a new habit, um, like start praying more often or or something like that, inevitably what happens is your autopilot of this is what I do every day has been broken because you're trying to start something new. When you're trying to start something new, you have tons and tons of decisions. Yeah. And then you hit decision paralysis and nothing happens. You you never even get to to start it. Does that ring true for you guys in terms of that's what's happening when you're trying to start a new spiritual practice or, or start anything new, really? Definitely. I mean, I feel that 
I don't, I'm not good at like re- Bible reading plans or anything like that. But you know, when I'm like, oh, I'd love, I need, I want to sit down and read scripture today. Um, it's the same thing where it's, yeah, like, it's like, oh, where do I, <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Let's just flip it open and see what happens. But, uh, yeah. So I feel like that very acutely with that, but yeah, certainly like with that variability and all these different options and, um, yeah, it becomes very easy to just be like, oh, I'm good. I'll figure it out tomorrow. And then the next day and the next day. Or you just end up doing the same things you have. Sometimes it's fine, but it's, you know, if you got those five people arguing about a restaurant, chances are you're going to end up the place where you At often, Chipotle. And, yeah, you're going to be like, well, we're going to do, yeah. Because <laughs> no one thought ahead and it's last minute. So when it comes to Bible reading, uh, there's a reason I read Matthew and Psalms a lot. Because I get in there and I'm like, I'm not really sure. I like this one. No. I like, I'll do this one again, yeah. you know, Chris, and you, there are worse you, problems, but you do an amazing job at breaking the restaurant problem. Um, Brian, oh. you haven't benefited, um, on this, no, I haven't. um, but, um, Chris, every once in a while, it will get a reservation at a restaurant Oh yeah, and then he invites people to yeah. come to it, which is, it's beautiful. Right. And it kind of hits the same thing. Like if you decide ahead of time, it makes it so easy for everybody in in the situation. Well, and then it's like, you don't know if people don't want to spend time with you or they just don't like the restaurant. Right. It's like, it, you know, it kind of removes some of the oh, hurt could, feelings could where it's like, Oh no, I just don't like that restaurant. It's if you ever get invited like by Chris to a restaurant with a reservation from four within a week, you know that you were not the first pick. Somebody else has oh, declined at the very that's end. And, and true. Yeah, yeah. But I've listen. I've been on the I've been on the invited end well in advance and a last minute invite, and I'm completely fine with that. I still think yeah. that you're helping people, Chris. You're doing, you're doing a really really good job. You're still on the roster. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm at least on the list. So, but, all right. So here, here's what I've got. I've got. I think that in order to start something new. Um, my reading has suggested that you need a clear and easy plan. And before you even start, it's a good idea to create a clear and easy plan. So I've got three things that I think are helpful when you're creating a clear and easy plan in order to engage with God through spiritual practice again, or in some kind of new way. All right. I'm going to let you, you guys tell me if you, if you like them. All right. First thing, um, the first step in making a clear, easy plan, I say, is to forgive yourself, right? Which is always a good place to start That's because good. Jesus, right? Um, there's something <laughs> yeah. specifically hard about deciding what to do when we're talking about spiritual practice because of comparison, right? Yeah. And we tell our girls all the time, comparison is the thief of joy. But the reason it's particularly hard is because the number of ways to pray that other people say I'm supposed to pray like I, which one am I supposed to choose right I feel like I have to read the Bible like my pastor reads the Bible or I have to mm-hmm. more likely I have to read the Bible the way that influencer I follow reads the Bible right, right. and it's right that that pressure of I have to do this a certain way and it will limit our ability to actually do it so I think the first step mm-hmm. of making a clear easy plan is forgiving yourself That's what good. do you guys think yeah, I mean, I I think about what comes to mind for me with that, uh, where we, we tend to shame ourselves because we didn't do the thing that we should have been doing uh, all right. along, you know. I think about, I, so I still walk to school with my kids, and um, they're in uh, fourth and first grade, and um, every now and then, it's like we're walking, and they'll come up and grab my hand, and we'll walk Aww. hand in hand, which is super sweet. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, it becomes increasingly rare as they get older but 
Right. When that happens, my first thought is like, oh, all the times that you didn't hold my hand demonstrate <laughs> you don't care for me. You know, love, you know, it's like, yeah. no, it's like I'm enjoying that moment and yeah. the, the, the kind of um, the movement towards me in love, you know. And so um, I just think like God as a good father does the same thing where it's like our movement towards him, our attempts, our, our, our trying um, just matters, you know, and I, I think he's proud of that. And I think um, it's not, you know, him dumping shame and guilt on us because of all the, the, the many mornings we didn't wake up on time and, and pray for 30 minutes before that. And so, I don't know, I think just like ch changing our posture in, in the way that we think about God and how we relate to him, I think matters a great deal uh, in, in how we engage in this. Totally. And Chris, same, same thing. Like, I mean, I want to hear what you have to say about like all the different ways to pray. Right. Or like, and is there, is there a best one? Is there a best way to pray, Chris? Can you kind of make the decision for that? <laughs> yeah. The best way to pray is one that you're doing. Uh, not one yeah. that you aspire to do. Yeah. There, I, True story. When I was a like a baby believer, just become a Christian. Um, I'm I'm a very hard charging. For those who are into the Enneagram, uh, I'm not always, but you know, put in the Enneagram three category. Like when I make a decision, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I'm gonna conquer. And so I just become a Christian, and I was like, I need to know how to pray. So I bought and read a book on prayer, and it outlines twelve different types. And then I read somewhere that you should go through every, you know, each 12 of these confession and supplication and adoration and silent, all this stuff. And I made a plan to do five minutes of each every day. This is an hour. And I gutted it out and did this for like a week and a half. That's part of why I mentioned that, that kind of style of doing things at the beginning, because that's, that's what I did. And it just, it, it crashed hard. Um, and part of that was because I thought, well, this is how I need to do it. This is the plan. Uh, right. Instead of recognizing that how beautiful is it that there are at least a dozen different ways to engage with God. And I can sit in silence after reading scripture and listen for God's application of that scripture to me. And that is prayer. Wow. Or yeah. I can be stressed out and be like, God, I, oh, I don't know what I'm doing here. Can you please help? Well, like, which is also a prayer. Or you could just have a short prayer throughout the day where you say, you know, Holy Spirit, come. Or God, give me eyes to see what you see. Like, yeah, all of that is prayer. And the variety should be liberating, but we are very adept at making it crushing. Yes. Um, which reminds me of uh, what Jesus said. I love that story you told, Brian, with the, your kids coming to hold your hand and that just the posture of the father towards us is not like, oh, really? Like, is this is this the best you got? But it's more, it's just delight. That we come yeah. to him. So when Jesus looks at us and we're burned out on religion, we're not doing very well. We've been like swamped. He doesn't say like, come to me. You've tried decently well enough and you need to try harder. No, he says, come to me. I'll give you rest. Yeah. And he's got a task, but it's, it starts with this invitation of like, it can be easier if you walk with me. I, I love you. I want you near me. Um, and just that, including you asked a question about types of prayer, but I'm taking it back to what Brian said because I yeah, thought yeah. Like it was wonderful. Yeah. Just when you have that posture to begin with, it just changes the tenor of what you're doing with the practice, what, what you're doing with the discipline, and how you engage in it. 
Well, the thing the thing that's fascinating for that for me about by the way, I'll just say, well, I love what you said. The best the best type of prayer is the one that you're doing, right? Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I think that what you're what you're saying there is very consistent with the fact that the way that so decision paralysis, the way that we combat decision paralysis is by making a plan, right? But as mm -hmm. soon as we start making a plan, the way that we combat expectation and comparison is by forgiving ourselves. And I oh, think okay. that you it's kind of like on both ends, right? Where it's like you you said the the variety of ways to pray should be exciting or something like that but but it actually sometimes liberating. Can be yeah. liberating it sometimes yeah. can be daunting though right Wh which one did i pick the right one have i done them enough and i mm -hmm. i mean brian's story i think does kind of encapsulate all those things about what our relationship to god is in those types of prayer they are ways that we engage with him but they are like they it, it's not in like a you have to run this drill in order to be able to perform type of thing so i i, I think that's uh yeah. that really kind of brings those things together yeah um, i was really uh recently in our church we we went we're going through luke right now and uh we we talked about the story of the paralytic being lowered you know through yeah. the ceiling yeah. uh while jesus is teaching in the in the building and it's just interesting to revisit that story you know one that i'm super familiar with but the more i read it it's like thinking about how messy that was and like how <laughs> disruptive that would have been for mm -hmm. the rest of yeah. the people thinking about like it's not recorded in the scriptures, but like the guy doesn't say anything when he's lowered mm -hmm. through the roof. Like none of the, it's like, he just comes down and Jesus forgives him of his sins and then he heals him. And it's like, it's like, it's just a really interesting like account of like, look at the grace of, of Christ here where it's like he, this messy kind of just movement towards him, probably not the best way to do it, but he did it. Um, and then like the abundance of like, his love and healing in his life that then pours out on on this guy i think is just really cool and so it's like it's just really sweet to see like oh yeah it's like that's what we that's what we do we move towards him it's you know inelegant and messy and it's an attempt and like but we trust like god's goodness to to make something of it and this is where i think uh what we're talking about here is different than uh, like habit creation strictly speaking like in its own right, the books, the books are great. All the research you've done, Clayton is really important, but we have something as Christians that I think is a little bit more dis distinct. That is when we make that first move and open our hands to God, he does the work to pick us up and move us. Like we believe that the spirit is going to animate us and move us to the next yeah. thing, which is just how beautiful is that? That it's not yeah. just, okay, right. we got to make it easy because this is all on me. It's like, no, come to me, take a step. I'll take care of you. See what happens. I, I've yeah. got you. I'm your shepherd. You're a sheep. I, I can get you there. And um, I just I think this is so lovely. Yeah. Well, and there's there's one more piece of of this step of forgiving yourself that I think is is important. And Brian, I hate to even say it because it's going to give you some ammunition against me because whenever I'm like, hey, I need you to do this, and you're like, hey, <laughs> ease up. I'll get. I'll do it when I do it. Right. Uh, there's actually this um, this bit that I read about um, that talks about allowing for choice, mm -hmm. because if you compel somebody to do something, if you force your kid to hold your hand, right, oh, it actually erases their motivation mm -hmm. to do it, right? But if you allow for choice and you 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 let someone kind of step into it, Chris, you said take a step, right? Like mm -hmm. take that first step, that actually increases the likelihood that they will want to do it and they actually will do it. So I think the thing here is like you, we're trying to create a plan. Um, we have all we have these choices, but you actually you kind of want to choose before you start, so you actually can not kind of fall back into that. 
paralysis or like lose your motivation because you feel like you're being forced. I, I love the variety that we're given. Um, we want to make, make a, make a stab there. So, all right. Step one to creating a clear, easy plan, I think is uh, forgiving yourself. So we'll, we'll keep that one. Um, here's the second <laughs> thing that I, I kind of found. Um, um, it, when you're trying to make a clear and easy plan, make it easier than you think that you have to, right? Mm -hmm. So you're making it easy. And then when you make it easy, make it even easier than that. Uh, in, in Atomic Habits, um, uh, James Clear says, uh, every action requires a certain amount of energy. The more energy required, the less likely it is to occur. Amen, Brian. Sorry. Yeah, you're nodding your head. I'll take that as an amen. <laughs> yeah. Amen. If you're, that's, if you're that's gold, <laughs> I love that. That's not rude. Isn't that right? Uh, it's Brian? real. It's real. So it's Over awareness. There. It's not rude. Uh, if your goal is to do 100 push ups a day, that's a lot of energy. In the beginning, yeah. when you're motivated and excited, you can muster the strength and get started. But after a few days, such a massive, massive effort feels exhausting. Meanwhile, sticking to the habit of doing one push up per day requires almost no energy to get started. And the less energy, I, a habit requires the more likely it is to occur. Brian, how is that for the grace, grace for a lazy yeah. man, which I feel like is like a phrase yeah. that, that we say sometimes. Yeah, no, I love that. I think, um, I think part, like the way some of my mentality around this has shifted is that like life is long, you know, for, mm. for the most part. Right. And we have a lot of yeah. days and a lot of hours and, um, you know, and it, it, I think that, a lot of times we do it's like we want to capture this kind of feeling or this like connection with god and just kind of bottle it and then manufacture it and have it every day and i i think what I, as i've gotten older it's just like man just like these little these little things every day um yeah, yeah, yeah. drawing our attention to him and then like you just i feel like i get surprised by the things that do impact me the things that shape me mm -hmm. where i'm least expecting it and it's just a matter of like making yourself available uh and not trying to do too much i i, I think i yeah i completely resonate with that yeah this is just one push-up a day again we're back in workout world but one push-up a day <laughs> one kiss on the cheek a day <laughs> yeah <laughs> gosh a sloppy wet kiss <laughs> Well, it's just what what does it look like to do something every day for a year? Wouldn't wouldn't we all agree that that is probably going to be more shaping whatever that thing is than a big spurt on any given day or any given week? Um, and yeah, I, I just love that idea. of Life is long. What is what am I cultivating over the next generation by this five minute thing? Yeah, and I think you're trusting the spirit too to like cultivate a deeper desire for more down the road too, where it's like, I don't have to manufacture this. Like some days I'm going to feel it. Some days I'm not like some days I'm going to be like raring to go and, and others not. And so it's like, I think, you know, the more you like, you try to be disciplined and repeat some of these like really easily repeatable steps, the more you'll see like God working with that and then expanding, you know, your desire for more and your space for more. And so, um, a lot of it, it's like, we, yeah, we're, we're just so individualistic and it's like, we got to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. We got to do this and, and create our own plan, but it's like the plan should just be, you know, easy and repeatable so that like God can do his work in us and through us, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So Brian, I, I love that. Cause I, there's something foundational that, that I, I'm trying to articulate recently, but I think it's true of me is like, I think I have a very strong confidence in God's ability to do something in me. 
and I have a decrease in confidence in my ability to do something in myself. Mm. So mm. the answer to that then in spiritual practice is to put yourself in the presence of the one who has the ability to change you, right? God's yeah. going to do something. That's what you were just saying. That, like, yeah. God's going to do something. And so putting yourself close, posturing yourself towards something that is going to get you in his presence, that is going to bring your attention to his presence, maybe even, not even just in because because he's with us, like to bring your attention to him. And that's something that we have to battle for so much. But that getting... Um, not just small habits, but even not just easy habits, but easier than you even think to posture yourself in that in that direction. So I, I saw this in the book Switch, but also in, in Atomic Habits again. In Switch, they talk about the five minute room rescue. So don't don't try to this Saturday clean your entire house. Uh, just clean for five minutes because hmm. sometimes you'll just clean for five minutes and stop. And sometimes you'll keep going, right? Mm-hmm. This is kind of what the whole, mm-hmm. the whole body uh, is suggesting um, in atomic habits. They talk about the two minute rule and I love, they, they give um, some really good practical examples. They say, um, instead of saying that you want to read before bed each night, decide that you're going to read one page each night, right? It's, it, it narrows it down. It makes it smaller, right? Uh, instead of saying that you're going to study for class, just decide that you're going to open your notes instead of folding the laundry, decide that you're going to fold one pair of socks, right? It just makes it as easy as possible. So here's my example from a spiritual practice standpoint. As I was reading that, I was thinking, instead of deciding to pray every day, I think I want to decide to kneel for 10 seconds every day, like something Hmm. like that simple, right? Because kneeling puts yourself in the posture. And I bet that if you kneeled for 10 seconds every day, you'd pray more often. Is Hmm. that, is that too easy? Is that too small? Chris, what do you think? Uh, if Brian may disagree with me here, I think if all you ever do is kneel for 10 seconds every day for the rest of your life, that's probably too small. But the whole idea here is that these are kickstarts that are going to lead to something else. Yeah. And you, you're not going to get to some big thing. What did God say to Jeremiah when he was worn out? He said, you think you're tired now. You're, you're striving against men. How are you going to keep up when you need to run against the horses? And God's point there is, uh, it's in a very dark context, but I, I think it attracts here. He's saying, I have greater challenges in front of you. Yeah, You've got to bear up under the challenges I've given you today to prepare for them. Um, so yes, Clayton, if in 30 years, your spiritual practice of prayer is kneeling for 10, 10 seconds every day. Seconds. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think something will have gone wrong, but I doubt that it will be there yeah, because exactly. if you do I, a thing like that, other, yes. other things will happen. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. It's like also putting on exercise clothes or driving to the gym, right? We've heard JD say many, many times, my goal was just to drive to the gym, right? And yeah. so if you get to the gym, that's not the goal, but the, the suggestion <laughs> is that if you do the thing that postures you in the direction yeah. of that, then something else more is going to continue to build out of that. It's funny. I think part of the easier than you think is just, uh, this is it for me. The, um, I, I can write a lot of checks for future Chris to cash and future Chris is always more flush than present Chris, not just with money, but with energy and willpower and sure. all of this stuff. So when I think of something easy that I'm going to do tomorrow, uh, the, the guy who's going to encounter that tomorrow, that me who gets there needs it to be like, needs to dial it down because I'm overestimating what I'm capable of. And that's just the practical element of saying like, all right, do you think you can do this for five minutes? Great. Cut that in half. 
because the real you who's actually going to do it um, is going to need a lot more, a lot more help. Well, and here's, here's the, uh, the um, James Clear kind of got ahead of your, your question as well. He said um, the idea, did, did he know? He did. He did. He's he thought a clever about it. fellow. Yeah. The idea behind making it easy is not only to do easy things. The idea is to make it as easy as possible in the moment to do things that pay off in the long run. Right. So right. there is that like scaling and growth and like it, yeah. it, it should move and it should continue to grow. But I, I think that if you're making a clear and easy plan that uh, making it easier than you think uh, you had to is probably a good idea. Agreed. Yeah. And I, I think the way I've seen that play out for me just practically um, is a lot of it's just making space um, where it's mm, like, like going on a walk, you know, but a walk by itself isn't a spiritual practice, but it, it's a platform. It's a space yes. for me to, think and process or listen to a podcast or listen to worship music, whatever. It's like it provides that space or um, we have a, a front porch with a nice view and breeze and, you know, or whatever, a nice view of a tree, I should say. But uh, and then sometimes <laughs> just sitting out there looking at a tree, it's like it's as simple as that. It leads to prayer and and kind of reflection and things like that. And so it's like finding those like spaces, I feel like is part of the the, and I know, like, we'll get into some of the other, you know, steps and things that we think will help build um, spiritual habits. But I think part of the easy thing is, like, find those easy spaces to yeah, to, mm-hmm. to just allow God in. Yeah, that's good. And um, and posturing ourselves towards his His presence. So, all right. So for, uh, forgive yourself. Uh, make it easier than you think. And then here's, here's my last one. Um, making a clear, easy plan, um, you need to use what is already working. Um, so there's this thing called habit stacking, um, where if you have one habit that is working, you you can insert another habit into it. Um, people will actually use this to break bad habits. If you have a cue that makes you do a bad habit um, because you enjoy how it feels or how it makes you feel or whatever, you actually can just change the behavior. You, you, if you can identify and become aware of the trigger that makes you want to do that thing, you can then just insert another habit into you. Alcoholics Anonymous does a, a ton right, with, right. with that. Um, and then also, you, it's a really good idea to put what you want to do with what you have to do. Um, you know, if you, um, well, this doesn't make sense at all, but if you had to pray mm. in order to open your car door, you would pray more often because you have to use your car. There's got to be a better analogy than that. But like if you pair what you want to do with what you have to do. So this idea is that in order to make a clear and easy plan, the easy way to do it is to use what is already working. I mean, the stacking piece, I think, um, I mean, I think about the Sabbath box and kind of the the heart behind that, where it's like putting the phone away then allows us to open up to a day of rest and and reflection with the family and so i feel like that's one of those examples yeah yeah Mm -hmm. the the sabbath thing made made me think uh so our mutual friend andrew brown um i was talking to him about sabbath and he when we were coming out with the sabbath box he was like man that's just gonna be hard i don't know if we can do it right now and so we were just having this longer conversation and at some point later in the conversation he told me that on Friday nights or either Saturday nights, I forget which one it was, but that their family does this big thing to celebrate the beginning of the weekend where they, they, I forget what they eat, but they always eat ice cream first and then they eat their meal kind of to make this like celebratory. Mo- I'm like, bro, you're, you're already doing, you're doing it. it. Like, yeah. Let's yeah. like use, use what's already working. 
and then just like add some attention to God's presence in it. And then a lot of times you end up getting a, you, you, a lot of people go on walks, right? But they don't always kind of bring the attention to God into that. So I think using what's already working and pairing the attention and pairing spiritual practice to those things can be, can be really, really good. The momentum of that yeah. can be really, really helpful. And uh, also the, the, the grace, I mean, this ties really well to the first point of forgiving yourself, like try stuff, let it flop and move on to, to something else. Because yeah. like the, if the ice cream Friday night thing didn't work out, you wouldn't insist that he do it that way. You would say like, well, okay, well let's, let's find another way. Um, Clayton, you're constantly talking about like meaningful moments mm -hmm. and just, just recognizing and kind of capturing those like key points when stuff is already a lot of big stuff is already happening like the beginning of school or the beginning of a weekend a lot of them are beginnings or endings and i think that those are moments when things are already working beginnings and endings uh, just yeah. just this morning we're about to head out of town on a trip and uh, we did one of those meaningful moment prayers that we wrote up and we've only done this once when we were left on a trip to read this prayer, starting yep. the trip. And I, I didn't think it worked. And I was honestly a little disappointed with myself because I was editing the thing. I was like, needs to be shorter, tighten this up, whatever. <laughs> Drop Lottie off at the bus this morning. And I'm like, guys, today, aren't you excited? We're going to the mountains. And Lottie says, yeah. And we'll read that prayer when we leave because it's oh. for the start of a vacation. And I'm <laughs> like, well, yeah, I guess we will. Yeah. Oh, and it's just neat. like, that's, that is like, Here's a moment that's already exciting and like full of energy because it's new and a little different and they're ready for something. Try this out. Read this thing. If it works, great. Stack it again. Yeah. If it doesn't work, that's okay. You know, just have some grace with yourself and um, and try again in another way. Yeah, that's good. Absolutely. All right. Well, so that that's what I've got for making a clear, easy, easy plan is forgive yourself. Um, make it easier than you think and then use what's already working. And Chris, I like how you kind of tied it back into, and also forgive yourself, right? Like yeah, just kind of yeah, yeah. come, come back to that. So, but here, here's where I think I'll kind of want to go with this. And I want you to, to both of you to tell me like, does this make sense? Is it too much? That's not the question. I want to ask how, would, how you would use this or maybe which bit you think is most important. Okay. How would you use it or which is most important? Um, in making a clear and easy plan, I think you need to know what you're going to do. So what's the behavior? Where are you going to do it? Because I think the place really matters. Are you looking at a tree? Are you walking around the block? Huh. When will you do it? Because timing matters so much. What will remind you to do it? So what's going to kind of catch you uh, like a app notification? <laughs> you know, what's going to catch your attention right. and remind you to bring that attention there? And then who are you going to do it with? Because if you're going to go fast, go alone. If you're going to go for a long time, go together, right? So I'll say those again. The question is, which one do you think is the most important? Or like, um, how do you think you would use these five things? So what are you going to do? Where are you going to do it? When will you do it? What will remind you to do it? And who will you do it with? Chris, what do you, what do you think? How do you respond to those five? Uh, yeah, part of it's just the classic journalist's question right ask uh, who where what when how and why so you're just trying to do the same thing with a spiritual practice just as clear as you can be right what is it when is it where is it who's it with um i think all that makes sense two of those stand out to me one okay. 
who will you do this with is a huge one for me. And so I think mm -hmm. recognizing which one of these ends up helping you a lot is really good because not everybody gets the same boost from accountability with other people that I do. I think we all do to some measure, but recognizing like when I tell somebody, hey, let's do this together over the next month, for whatever reason, that does a ton hmm. to me to like motivate me to do it. And for other people, not as much. So like recognize which one of these pieces really makes a difference for you and and just be okay with that. I don't think it's a matter of like spiritual maturity. I think it's just temperament. The other one is the most surprising piece of that that you mentioned is one of the ones that we use all the time, a good kind. And that's what will remind you to do it. Like what tangible thing is going to cue you or trigger you towards this practice. We found that that is a, a huge uh, important right. piece. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the ones that people overlook most often. It's why prayer is hard because God is invisible and I don't have a thing to help me do it. Even with the Bible, you have the Bible, but Bible reading is hard because there's not some like physical, tangible cue. So that, that one, I, I think is going to end up being very important for a lot of people because it's often overlooked, but we're embodied people. We, the stuff we do is because there are things around us nudging us in various directions. So we just got to be aware of that. What about, what about you, Brian? Which one of those five do you do you kind of resonate with the most? Um, I to be honest, the uh, what am I gonna do? Just kind of varies day by day. Um, I I feel like I have seasons where it's like I have like a handful of things that I feel like reading or listening to podcasts or um, sitting. Uh, in this chair over here and reading the Bible on the shit, you know, that's right next to it. So that that's intentional. Um, yeah. But I, I don't have a plan of something like I do every day. So that one's less important to me. But the space, obviously, um, and the time, I think having my kids back in school and having kind of working from home and having some like between meetings, being able to get out of the house or sit on the porch, things like that have been um really good for me in the last couple of weeks. And so um, those are the things that I think feel the most important to me. I, I think life is so busy. And so finding those, those places and the spaces in your schedule to just have like, whether it's a minute or 30 minutes of, of kind of solitude and quiet and being able to um, connect with God feels, feels really important to me. Yeah. Well, if it's going to be, if it's going to be easier than you think, then you probably cannot be picking up several different practices to start at the same time. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there's a seasonality to like for a certain period of time, you'll read a long stretches of scripture, or you might yes. be memorizing, or you might be reading certain prayers, or you might be spending a lot of time in silence. Um and, and picking just one and making it really discreet, really small, and giving yourself permission to say, like, I'm not going to conquer the spiritual life this week. I'm going to I'm going to spend more time in silence listening to God. That right. small thing. And then yeah. here are the small ways that that can happen. Yeah. Dude. Well, um, I don't know if you didn't see this coming, but uh, the ones that I listed, we're going to talk through those too. So that'll be coming on a future podcast episode because there's a whole lot more to say. Clean about green, where, the mastermind. Brian, where? Gosh, man, I can't wait to talk with you about environment and what environment mm. does to us. And I'm, I'm currently reading a book specifically about that and I'm loving it. Uh, when, Chris, there's actually the book that we've read called Win that has a lot to say about timing mm -hmm. and how things work. You already mentioned the re reminding us piece. Uh, there's a lot also about um, 
kind of feedback loops of what we actually enjoy in the short, short term and how that actually impacts what happens to us in the long term. And then who, gosh, you know, the whole, this whole community thing, there's going to be an endless amount of resources that we can discuss there as well. So I can't wait to dig into all of yeah. those. But if you're listening today, maybe you're thinking about starting a spiritual practice. Uh, maybe you're already doing something and you're just trying to fuss with it, kind of uh, improve it, maybe be more consistent. Um, we think that having an easy, clear plan can be really helpful, um, often if it's written down, but you don't even have to write it down. It can be kind of just clearly in your mind, like a phrase that's in your mind about what you're going to do. And, and really, I think all of those pieces there need to be answered. But for now, we'll just say, forgive yourself. It's like, do, do what God's calling you to do. Let the Spirit guide you, and you don't have to do it the way that influencer did. Uh, make it easier than you think so that you can do it a little bit more regularly because over the long term, we believe that God is going to do something in you if you're engaging with him and use what's working because, hey, something already is working. I am almost certain in your life, in your spiritual walk. And um, so piggyback on that and uh, we'll see what God does in all of us. And for now, thank you all for joining us on the Good Time Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Good Kind Podcast. We hope you leave feeling more equipped to engage with God and one another in your habits and holiday practices. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, like, and comment. We're excited to share more content with you soon. Don't forget, you can find us online at www.goodkind.shop. Thanks for listening and see you next time on the Good Kind Podcast.